Welcome to the Mostly Pod Out at Night. Mostly, I am Graver, joined by my co-host, Salem. Hello. This is episode 36 of our weekly All Things Horde podcast. So, what happens when the Animal Attack movie takes off? We get rip-offs, of course, whether it be a bear with or without cocaine, or just a good old-fashioned down-under film. We love to see people pit against fearsome creatures. And spoilers ahead for Cocaine Bear. So, the three movies we're discussing this week are Grizzly from 1976, Raised Back, which I believe, what, 1984? Something like that. Early early 80s. Early Early 80s. And the newest one on this list, Cocaine Bear. Um, And our our normal out of 10, uh, this week we're going to be number of latrines out of 10, because these are all in the woods, or out back, if you will. Right. Oh, so let's start off with with Grizzly, our, our very first one on this list. Let's let's just call it right off the bat what it is: Jaws, but with a bear, a big bear, a big a big bear. You need a bigger horse. Well, well they, they, I think they specifically said it was like eighteen feet tall. Yes, which is ridiculous. But correct, eighteen feet. Yeah. Um. So we are pretty much introduced to it starts off at the inn, right? That uh elderly guy is talking about the off season and bringing people in. His daughter came in, it was supposed to be taking pictures and but she's helping him run the business saying, Hey, you're undercharging for everything here, you know, the especially the alcohol. You know, cheap wine makes people come in and stay there. Um, and I can't tell how old she is supposed to be at this point in time because her dad's decently old, I would say. Um, yeah, well, this is okay. This is also like the 60s, 70s, like the age gap is ridiculous between like uh, female and male, like co stars. Yeah, like the, the love interest, like the guy could be like 60 and the love interest would be like 20. Correct. And that was accepted back then, it was just normal. So, who knows? I mean, I would say that the dude is probably what, like mid thirties, forty maybe. The yeah. main, the main guy, and she's supposed to be kind of oh, the Kelly? love interest of him. Yeah, and she's supposed yeah. to be the love interest of him. Older. So, you know. No, he's. <laughs> I thought he was older than that. Okay, this is seventies thirty-five. Okay, there you go. Not modern thirty-five. This is seventies uh, thirty-five. No, he was actually forty-five. Sorry, 45. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I said 35, 40. Yeah. So, and, you know, she's, they're talking, you know, just kind of, they're, they're park rangers at the, or a national force, never stated. And with their accents, you can never tell where they're, where they're actually from because a lot of people have southern accents. Uh, Kelly has essentially a, a Midwest accent, I would say. Well, yeah, he's, he has a definitely yeah north of the Mason-Dixon line accent. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and there's this whole thing that the daughter's been there for a couple of weeks, and now she's already dating the head ranger um, enough to – they're still in that flirtur- flirtatious stage of things. And, you know, he comments, you can't just stop taking pictures, can you? Well, that's what I'm here to do. And, you know, help my dad with the inn at this national forest. Um, 
so we kind of get um, introduction to a couple of people. We have, you know, so the chief ranger Kelly, his name's Michael Kelly. Allison is the photographer. Um, and we were then introduced. We get some point of view shots of something going through the woods and it's very high up. Uh, then we see uh, two women camping out, um, getting ready to pack up or check in out for the time. And they start hearing some rustling in the forest. And all of a sudden there's, there's Kelly on his horse checking on all the campers. Uh, so he, he scares them. He's like, don't forget to check back at the ranger station when you're done. Okay. And then, you know, one of the girls like, I gotta go use the latrine. And she grabs the roll of toilet paper and she's off doing her business. All of a sudden, you know, the one that's left, she's doing something by the fire and we get the POV shot. And this, like, I want to say the shot that was used was, it felt like at least like 20 plus feet up in the air because he like really looking down at her wouldn't you say well, i would say it would be 18 feet 18 up. feet you you'd say yes. huh, imagine that mm-hmm. um so she gets attacked or sorry she gets a bear hug <laughs> and some slashes on her face and dead uh right. the other woman comes back sees this happen she's oh shit and runs into a would you call it a ranger station? An old station? Uh, I would just call it a shack. <laughs> a ranger shack where they keep supplies. Let's just call it a shack. There's nothing in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a shack. And then the like the entire wall gets ripped open. And she gets bear hugged and mangled to death. Obviously. Um. So, you know, they, they find the corpses. And they go, oh, it's been partially buried because that's what bears do. They bury their, their kills to come back to it later. Um, so they go end up at the, the coroner's office. He's like, yep, they're dead. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> um, and they say, Oh, this had to be a bear, but there's, uh, you know, a guy out there, uh, Scotty who essentially lives out there has, they said he's tagged every bear. Right, well, yeah, every bear that they've seen, yeah, every bear that they've seen, and he's like, "Oh, I found the footprints." He's like, "This ain't no black bear. This is a grizzly bear," and they go, "There haven't been grizzlies in these parts in a very long time, so it can't be a grizzly." He's like, "Well, based off the the weight and the paw prints, I get gathers to be about two thousand pounds, eighteen feet tall, and the type of bear that existed a million years ago." Like, yeah, yeah, Scotty, you're you're just out here by yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, then we meet the mayor, I mean park supervisor, <laughs> who doesn't want to close the park down. Um, but they said, you know what, sections three and four, everyone, there's been a bear attack to get out of there and not go in that path to get to lower ground because it's the high ground right that the bear attack happened on Um, right yeah but basically he doesn't want to shut the park down they're just going to shut down the very specific areas that the bear attacks have already happened in right yeah and because bears generally don't attack people um especially black bears i mean that that comes up in our cocaine bear movie that is a true fact that you know they generally don't 
attack people, but this one is this grizzly. Um, so then they sent out some rangers to, you know, kind of find any stragglers left behind in these areas and they're hiking and a very PDA forward, uh, ranger couple is going there. Guys like, all right, I'm gonna go check up here. She's like, I'm gonna dip my feet in the stream and then proceeds to take off all her clothes. Yeah, like, that's not, one. those aren't feet lady. <laughs> yeah. Those are boobs. Oh yeah. She was wearing that like bizarre, weird, like flesh color bikini. Yeah. Yeah. What are you wearing? And she goes under, oh, under her waterfall. I'm like, that's not even your feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not dipping your feet in the creek or the stream. And then we get a Jurassic Park type kill where way too much blood <laughs> comes yeah. comes out. Well, delayed and... reaction, like yeah, bite down one to big blood squirt. Yes. Yeah, and that's when they realize, oh, this bear only likes women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> they said that exact line in the movie. Well. Okay. Which I thought was very interesting take. Which is then proven <laughs> wrong in the very next scene anyway, so. Yes, you are correct about about that. Um so yeah, they're like, all right, so they're they're talking about all this stuff. They're trying to shut down the park. There's big back and forth between the park supervisor and Kelly about what to do. You know, we should close the beach. I mean, we should close the national forest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No, no, no. Tourists, 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 right? I'm like, um, national parks can't make that much money, right? No. They're really cheap. And then we have, like, a good old-fashioned, like, campground of kids singing Kumbaya and all this stuff. And the guy with his crap beer and his porno stash is about to get lucky with his lady friend. And, uh... She goes in the tent to get perfume on and all this stuff. And then, boom, tent ripped open. She's killed. <laughs> Still continuing women attack only. Um, Yeah, they're like, no, this is, no, 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 this should happen. And then the guy does this very, the park ranger does this really awesome thing where he calls in all the news outlets. No, Park Ranger doesn't do that. The mayor guy does that. Well, it's Park Supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I believe, yeah, that's, you know, so he's like, oh, it's a media circus out there. It's like, well, I invited them. You know, good news, publicity. We want to show them how great, great of a job we are doing. He's like, we're not doing a good job. We are failing miserably. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many people this? are already dead? What? Why do you want to, like, publicize <laughs> this yeah like what are you doing yeah um oh just important note that scotty likes to eat sandwiches all the time that's his character trait. okay well <laughs> a, a character sitting and eating a sandwich is movie translation of this is one cool customer like this is like a person that's not bothered by anything bar. well they do this and anything okay like if you how many times have you seen you, uh, the character in TV show or movie goes into the coroner's office and the coroner's eating a sandwich. Yeah. 
Okay, because they're trying to show you that this guy is just totally cool with what he's doing. He's totally relaxed around these dead bodies and these horrible things. Like he's a cool customer. That's yeah. the that's like movie speak for like if you want somebody to be like a cool, relaxed, like laid back kind of person, you you show them eating a sandwich. I don't understand it, but that's the way it is. Just like if you want to show a person is a good person, uh, you just show an animal that likes them. Right. Usually cats. Well, I'm just saying, done. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. If you show an animal likes this character, now they're a good character. doesn't matter what things they do in the whole rest of the movie. If an animal likes them at some point in the movie, they are the good guy. Period. Yeah. Done. Over. Yeah. It's a movie trope. It's just so, the way things are. Yeah. And then after the news coverage, all of a sudden, then we get the good old boys out there going past all the no hunting signs as they're going hunting for this bear because now the locals are like, all right, we got to get this thing, right? Well, no, so, the, the mayor guy who called them too. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. He was like, uh, well, yeah, the media failed. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, actually, the media thing happens and then the next scene happens and then that's when he calls in the good old boys. Yeah. That's what the, the cabin with... Uh, or the house. I don't know. It's like a house in the middle of the forest. I they, thought they never I thought, explained what I it thought, was. I thought I thought the uh tower attacked first. No, that was after. That was okay. after the good old boys were already there. Okay. So then yet yeah, you're correct. There is a there is a what five year old boy playing with the rabbit and the mother. Right. Like, oh, you be careful out there. But like and it's like, a house. Eight foot tall fence. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like why is there a house in the middle of the national forest? Houses don't you can't build a house. Right. That's what I'm that saying. Like, why is there a house there? They never explain it ever. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like, a, yeah, whatever. A, a little boy and the mom. Yeah. And, and he's yeah. a rabbit. Yeah. And the rabbit runs away, gets outside the fence. So the kid goes to chase the rabbit outside the fence. And then. Right. He comes back. We're actually then bear hug. Right. His leg gets ripped. Well, yeah. They, but they off. actually show it. Like, this is a, a, uh, a shocking thing in 1976 to actually show a bloody child corpse missing a leg covered in blood they only yeah. show it for like a second but yes. they do show it which is in 1976 is a huge deal well and then the mom comes with the broom attacks it she's bear hugging her part right. then well the boy actually survives he's being taken to the hospital so they don't kill the boy okay well they don't show he him survives, again. So i'm pretty him. sure in the original movie they killed him and the like, the studio people were like, "Just say he's not dead." That's why right. there's no scenes of the child being alive after that point. Well, because he's carted out to the hospital with a sheet covering his right. entire body. That's what body. I'm saying. Like he died. Like the movie was filmed with that child dying, and then somebody later on was like, "You can't kill that kid." So right. they like they just slightly changed it where they just didn't directly say he was dead. <laughs> they just showed a body being right. carted out, covered in a sheet. Well, he's like, he's, he's alive, Part the parts that left, yeah. <laughs> that's a weird way of saying Right, that. yeah, that's it's bizarre. Uh, uh, then the good old boys go through, and, you know, they're trying to figure out and one lone guy who's actually properly dressed for hunting with his orange. Mm -hmm. Most of the good old boys were not. Um, He's chased by the grizzly, and he ends up jumping into the river and floating down the river and narrowly escapes. Um, then another group of hunters found a cub, and they believed it to be the cub of the bear, which I don't think it was a grizzly bear. It had to be the black bear. 
No, well, at this point, they were thinking the only reason that a bear would attack people is if they're getting close to the cub. Right. Because, again, they're not, again, they're also, at this point, still assuming that it's not a grizzly. Scotty and, and Kelly are the only ones that are assuming yeah. it is a grizzly. Right. Um, so they're this still trying to. Stuff, but let's not listen right. to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, they're trying to figure out a way that for this to, like, make sense. And it, I mean, obviously doesn't. Yeah. Um, but they, they capture a cub and they're like, all right, we're going to get its attention. We're just going to call it into its cub. We're going to shoot it. They hear noise. They run around in the circle, come back. The cub's completely eaten. And they're like, okay, okay. Look, the only, only male grizzly bears are cannibalistic. So it's a grizzly once again. Um, so yeah. So then they're like, all right, you know, there's a couple helicopters things. Like, I don't know how you're going to use a helicopter to find a grizzly bear in a forest. Okay. If it's an 18-foot-tall, 2,000-pound bear, you got a pretty good chance of spotting it <laughs> from the air. Just saying. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like trying to find a tank driving through a forest. You probably can. But they never find it. No, I know. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to. I'm saying there's a chance that you will. Yeah. Um, so anyway, another ranger is stationed at a lookout tower, um, and the, the, the bear attacks and destroys the tower and he gets killed and partially buried. And yeah, you know, uh, one thing I found surprising about this entire movie is after the body is person is killed, how quickly they find everyone. Yeah. Dead. Next scene. Hey, we found the body. Right. <laughs> They're, no moving, the, where they're moving the plot along. They're moving the plot along. Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be like a week of search parties <laughs> to find right. the body. They don't have time for that. And so they're like, all right. So hunters didn't do anything. The the park supervisors are like, all right, you you are right. I got rid of the, the media. I was wrong. I'm sorry. People are dying because of my mistakes. He admitted it. And he's like, all right, now we're going to do it our way. So the so the the helicopter pilot Kelly and Scotty are essentially the only ones going there because the it is too dangerous for his love interest Allison to be in the movie anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, like like I said, he is, she <laughs> like she does the typical thing that happens in every movie where she comes up like I want I'm going too. And he's like no 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 you're not going. And then they always find some way to go whether they stow away or whether they you know talk their way into it with the sass or what, you know, whatever, whatever they normally do to get in there in this movie, because it's 1976, he goes, no, you're staying here. And then she's not in the rest of the movie. Correct. <laughs> like the, there's like <laughs> 25 minutes left after this point, And she is just gone. Like yep. just cut out of the movie. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, Hey, Sky, you should join us. Like, no, I'm going to do it my way. And he's, you know, he lives out there essentially. Um, so, and then the helicopter pilot and Kelly are, you know, have a deer carcass. They have a little short conversation before they're packing up. It's like, you know, these are guns we need. It's like, do you really think we need this like bazooka? Well, yeah. Like the park service has a national forest bazooka on it. Right. I don't know. I don't think that's, <laughs> unless you called in the national guard, you're not going to have a bazooka available. Right. And we get a little bit of backstory from the helicopter pilot that he was a nom. He killed well over 200 people. So killing things, so I don't look, I kill a fly and don't even flinch about it anymore. I'm like, do you really flinch about killing a fly? <laughs> I'm like, 
that's a weird thing to state that right, hold on, hold on. so anyway so they're loading us all stuff up and they're like we don't care if we kill this bear we're not gonna lead it away we just want to end it so they all geared up they bring a deer carcass that has been eviscerated so a lot of the weight to take it out and they're just cumbersome the scene of them trying to hang it up like with its feet barely touching the ground lift up. i am lifting it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so they do all this stuff, and, you know, they hear some noises. They're going to get their guns. Like, you don't want that gun. You want this gun. You want a three oh three. I think he says. <laughs> uh, um, whatever, right? Yeah, whatever. I... <laughs> um, and then we see Scotty in, you know, everyone's sleeping tonight. The one guy sleeping in a helicopter is like, if you will feel a warm, wet muzzle against your mouth, don't kiss back. It ain't me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get that. The the the, uh, the helicopter pilot is trying to be like comic relief, but they like decided not to make him comic relief until like halfway through the movie. Right. He's like uh, this kind of like bizarre, like racist murderer before this point, and then all of a sudden now he's like the comic relief. It's like very jarring. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway, you know, they thought they, they come back, they hear noises, um, and they come back that the deer carcass is completely gone. Then we cut to Scotty, who is bear hugged and killed and then buried. Right? And then we see him like, oh, he's moving, he's alive. He gets up, looks around, hey, the bear's still there. And then he actually <laughs> right. dies. Right. Yeah, it's like the, the miraculous, oh, he made it. And then, nope. Nope, dead. <laughs> Poor Scotty. Uh, so, you know, they find his body. They try to go back to the helicopter. Um, the bear, because it's big, and it's a small helicopter, like swings the helicopter around, throws the pilot out. He gets bear hugged to death and killed. Um, you know, he's shooting at the bear. It's not really doing anything. And then the bazooka comes out, and they bazooka He's like the, the bear's like two feet away from him when he fires the thing. Too, yeah, I feel like right, and he's dead. End of. Sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah, hard cut. Hard bear, cut. bear explosion. Hard cut. <laughs> Credits <of> roll. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, okay. Yes, and Grizzly Adams music is playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So let's get into our first thoughts. I know for both of us, we had never seen this. No. No, I've not uh, seen this. <laughs> um, my first, my very first thought was, man, this music does not fit in, especially the opening music. It's no, like, it's like, yeah, it's I don't know what it's. It feels like, um, you know, like a, a whimsical kind of <laughs> kind of a, a thing. You know what I mean? It, it's the magical flute, essentially right. playing, right? Yeah, it's like I, I know, I, don't, I know, a lot of seventies movies music. had it. Right, like even even like you're talking like kung fu movies, like whatever it was like, the scene of them like exploring the town or meeting normal people or whatever, they always had that weird flute yeah. noise. It's like that same weird music throughout this whole thing. Like as long as it's not a murder scene, it's this whimsical music. It's it's yeah. weird, but I guess that's what they did in the seventies. Well, I mean, it, it it's very much so because if you watch Mystery of Science Theater two thousand the movies from there, they like whimsy murder <laughs> right right that's, you know, that's like what 
I mean, there are there are some movies that that do well. I'm not saying like The Deer Hunter was in the 70s. It was far from whimsical, <laughs> but and there was lots of wood scenes. But again, but a lot of movies in this time period, especially like the lower budget ones like this one, were yeah, they just used the same whimsical soundtrack. Yeah, and I go, this is a weird thing to start off on whimsy. Like Jaws started off terrifying. Because you have the, the naked swimmer at the very beginning. That set the tone for this movie. Whimsy does, should not set the tone for a horror movie right. about an 18-foot grizzly bear. Well, they did. It was like whimsical <laughs> until the bear was around. And then they had like this Jaws ripoff music. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like very, it was like as close to the Jaws theme as you can get without getting sued. Dun, dun, like, dun, dun. Right. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, it was dun. like literally. <laughs> One extra no. <laughs> Right. It was like, okay, we're obviously going in a direction here. Yeah. Um, and you know, it it is known as a Jaws ripoff, and very much so. And I didn't know anything about this movie before seeing it. Um, I mean, I had heard of it, but yeah. I didn't know anything about it. But what what were your first thoughts? Um, I mean, it's just a very, very much a product of its time. Um, I mean, yes. just say you know, about how the people act, like the gender roles that are presented. I mean, just <laughs> everything is is very, very seventies, like not progressive seventies, like old school seventies. Right. It, it almost felt like a bonanza timeline where the men were men, and the women right? Were women. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, the guy who like directed this and wrote it was probably like, yeah, I want to make this a man's movie or something. I mean, it really felt like that. As again, like we were saying, like most of the victims are women, women yes. and children until the very end of the movie when the heroes are attacking it. But yeah, up until that point, <laughs> women and children are the only things dying. Right. Um. All right. Uh, highlights for this movie. Um. I guess he was a believable park ranger. <laughs> Other than right. their, 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 their Tools at their dispense was dispense was like outrageous, um, but I mean it wasn't. I don't feel like it was poorly acted. I think no. I mean, yeah, there was definitely some not great acting in there, but it wasn't. Again, for it's a product of its time, but it was nothing was overtly bad in this. No, I mean we never got a close shot of a bear. So is is either. The uh, actual bear, like to use actual shark footage in Jaws to portray Bruce the shark, and then you know we have, then we had Bruce the shark. We didn't get anything other than like bare hands as the bear attacking. We never saw anything more than that. Well, yeah, they didn't show like a full shot of the bear until like uh, well, uh, like an hour into the movie, right? And it, we, you could tell it was just a normal bear. It was not a giant yeah. bear, it was just a normal bear, but this, which is probably why they didn't do that earlier. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. it's um, it was good. I mean, highlights for me is I, I really did like Scotty, the character. I thought yeah. he was an interesting character. I mean, literally when he introduces himself, uh, not when they meet him in the woods, when they meet him in the woods, he's wearing like a, a deer pelt. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like trying to like blend into the deer family somehow. Um, I really dug his 1970s field phone that he had, which is like a backpack. Yeah. 
it was that was pretty awesome but when he gets reintroduced like in his normal clothes he's like wearing the exact same clothes that richard dreyfus was wearing when he was introduced like the beanie yeah the same knit cap with the jean jacket (laughs) i mean like the exact outfit (laughs) and i'm like okay so this is the richard dreyfus character like every you're like you literally like shown this like this is the character but yeah he was a fun character he's again we talked about him eating the sandwich because he's the cool (laughs) customer right um yeah and and instead of like killing the bear he just wants to like tag the bear which is okay right (laughs) yeah Yeah. how did that work out for you scotty but um it it was an interesting character i liked him well i also say the highlight that i think it's something subverting our expectations that he got attacked buried got alive and then got killed. Right. Like he didn't he didn't survive. He didn't escape. Like you thought, oh, he's alive. He'll be okay. And they immediately go, Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um let's start off with you with low points. <laughs> <laughs> uh low point, like I was talking before, like that kid was dead. Like, okay, that child was dead. There was no way that that child was not dead. They, they literally wheeled him out uh, with a sheet over him. Like He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like pretending like he wasn't. Like, again, it was like, it's not like this movie made a lot of hard hits anyway. I don't know why they're trying to pull punches. No. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me why they would do that. That um, also, yeah, I mean, just again, those like hard gender roles where the guy's just like, no, you stay here. And then she just doesn't show up. She doesn't even come back at the end. No. Like, nothing. She's just gone. <laughs> from the movie she's like not in the last 30 minutes yes it's yeah it's it's again it's it's a, a jaws <laughs> ripoff up until that point i guess at the end of jaws there was no women either it was just three guys i think they wanted to specifically find a reason to put not put her in the final three and the whole you're a woman was the was the best reason they came up with so it was like you're a woman you can't go end of story if they really want to be pure jaws ripoff Scotty would come back because Richard Dreyfuss's character was presumed dead, and he came back at the end. Right? Well, he came back in the next movie. It was just... I thought he... I thought he was dead. I thought it was only... I thought only the boat captain was eaten. Oh, wait. No, no. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, at the end, they were, like, laughing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I thought they were going to pull a Jaws and have him come back at the end, too. Right. Well, yeah, they had, they had to make yeah. something. But yeah, like Jaws ended on like a kind of a lighter note, like, hey, they won. Like this movie right. just ends like, yeah, the bear is dead, but everyone, you know, but everyone else is also dead. And right. <laughs> that was it. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and the little point of they should have stuck with killing the kid. Dead. They really should have. But it, like I, said, I don't think we'd saw it for another 12 years of like horrible on screen death. Well, again. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a dead kid. That kid was dead, you know, missing a leg covered in blood. Like, that was a dead kid. And then they, like, pulled that punch later, like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> right. I'm not dead yet. I'm not, dead. <laughs> not quite dead. <laughs> I, I feel happy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's, yeah, a, a low point there. Again, yeah, the hard gender roles, the dead kid. Um. I mean, again, just like in Jaws, the pure idiocy of the bureaucracy. But, I mean, that's right. to be expected. There is an excitement. <laughs> right. But I'm there saying, there like, is. how much How much is a national park making from, like, campers? You're not making right. that much money. In the 70s. Right. You're not making in that much In the 70s. Money. 
Not happening. Like a dollar a day. And also, park <laughs> rangers do not have access to bazookas. It's what? not a thing that they have. What about 303s? Well, that's rifles, yes, they would have. <laughs> yeah. Rifles they would have. They do they are armed. I mean, that's that's normal. I'm just saying, like right. they would not have bazooka. Like police don't have bazookas. <laughs> no one has bazookas <laughs> except for the National Guard because they're extremely dangerous. Right. All right. So uh, any other little points for you? No. Okay. So let's get into number of latrines out of ten. Um, you know, Grizzly 2, The Revenge, is going to be on our list at some point in time, which was filmed in 1983, came out 37 years later in 2020. Um, that being said, though, uh, with this being a Jaws ripoff, and you know, we've had really worse movies overall that are ripoffs, ripoff of Jaws and this type of movie, I'm not exactly happy I watched this movie, but I'm not exactly terribly disappointed either so i'm probably gonna give it a five five latrines out of ten how about you um yeah i'm I'm pretty close to that i wasn't you know angry that i watched it it's not great it's not something i want to watch again (laughs) but it's not it's not (laughs) terrible i'll give it uh a 4.5 okay yeah, it's 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 it was on our list. We needed to watch it, and it's okay. Run the mill. So, all right, then, Mister Salem, why don't you go ahead and bring us into our next film, Razorback? <clears throat> Razorback is a a very Australian movie. I'll 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 put that out. There. <laughs> uh, lots of Australian folks filmed in Australia. Um, and times, I think, uh, like, if it wasn't an Australian movie, I would think it would be offensive to Australian people. I mean, there's some, like, <laughs> stereotypes in this. You're like, wow, like, this is horrible. But then, like, you find out, like, it's made by Australians. Like, they're making fun of themselves, I guess. It's like, okay, I guess you can do that. But, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so, Razorback um, starts out with an old man. Um, watching uh, what I assume is his grandson. Yes. Um, the grandson is like crying, even though the child looks like he's like six years old, but he's crying like he's a newborn baby. <laughs> um, and he picks him up and he puts him in a crib that he's like a foot too long for. <laughs> anyway, but so he puts him down and all of a sudden he hears something outside. And so he immediately grabs his rifle and goes outside because this is the Australian outback. So that's what you do. Um, and then. What appears to be a freight train <laughs> drives through his house and grabs yeah. the child on its path through the house and then comes out the other side, having at some point in between lit the house on fire. Yes. I don't understand. Like through right. the house. <laughs> like, we barely, barely get a tiny little vision that this is like a wild boar or razorback, as you will. Um. So yeah, it, it basically, like I said, it looks like there's a hole in the side of the house. Drives through, grabs the kid. Explosions. Hole in the other side of the house. Um, it's gone. The old man comes out with his rifle, looking for this whatever the hell it was. 
Can't find it. House, House burns down. <laughs> right. House burns down. We cut to a court scene. Um, the court is now blaming him for killing the child because he was the child was left in his care. He's blaming it on this like razorback, which he says was so large that one has never been reported that big before. And since the house is burned down, there's no evidence. Yes. So, um, yeah, they, they don't convict him because there's no evidence. There's no body. There's no blood or anything. So they can't convict him, but they basically just release him, uh, basically, like, destroying his reputation. Like, his own daughter doesn't believe him. Like, his own daughter is like, well, I left the child in your care. The child is now gone. And you're saying this Razorback did it, but no one has ever seen any Razorback. Like, they brought in, like, professional hunters. Like, we've never seen Razorbacks like that. He's making it up. Right. Um, so, yeah. So he's basically disgraced and then released. I want to say very, very Australian people in the courthouse oh yes yes i mean again I, i'm not even gonna get into that until we get to the bar scene because that that is like pinnacle what we're going for here at this point yes. this is pretty tame yeah but yes they are very stereotypically australian people in this in this courtroom if you can even yeah. call it that it looks like an, an open air <laughs> like stage almost right with a roof on it Okay, so after the after this court scene, we cut to um, an American reporter who was um, what was she reporting on like a rodeo or something? I don't know, whatever. Yeah, Ani- this animal. Is, this rights. is two years later, right? Two years later. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, she's like an animal rights activist, which is like in the eighties is is uh, not as common as it is today. Um, so she's like interviewing these guys in the rodeo, and the guys in the rodeo are like you know very upset. But anyway, she like you know uses her journal ballistic skills to make them look bad um and so she's semi kind of famous on tv um and so now that she does this rodeo thing and she's semi-famous now she gets to do the show that she really wants to do which is uh investigate kangaroo slaughter in australia um because kangaroos are being slaughtered and then made into dog food yes um so yeah so she wants to go down there because she thinks kangaroos are possibly going to go extinct because of the level that they're being slaughtered. Uh, so she yeah meets her husband at home, who seems to be like a house husband. I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the vibe that I'm getting. Yes. Um. But anyway, so he stays home, but he tells her to go. Like, hey, this is what you've always wanted to do. You know, you should go. So she goes to Australia. So we basically just cut to Australia. But she is six weeks pregnant. Well, we don't find that out until later. No? no, I thought we knew that. No, we don't find that out until that's like the big surprise when you when you want to when they want you to feel bad for her. Uh, okay, that's when they bring that up. Um. Anyway, so it's, we cut to Australia, um, and she is in Australia, like in the outback. We're talking very rural. Australia. Yeah. Um, and she goes into the local bar. Which and, is also the hotel. Which is also the hotel. <laughs> and these are the most stereotypically like ultra Australian like hill folk <laughs> that I've ever seen. And I mean like and then this is an Australian movie, so it's not like somebody else making fun of Australians. This is them making fun of themselves. Um, but they are, yes, very, very stereotypically like super Australian. 
these are like Mad Max level, right? Australian, right. right? And like I said, you like you look at Mad Max, and, and I guess to us that's like, oh wow, like look how far we've fallen, right? You know, yeah. we're we're down to like you know dressing like this and and driving cars like this, and then you look at these people, and it's like, oh, that is like a half step down, like for these people. This is <laughs> this is not a big drastic change at all. I see exactly where this happened because they are driving those cars, <laughs> right? Yeah, they're like, driving these cars. Yeah, they're like it looks like um the Jeepers Creepers truck. From like if it came from Mad Max land, I mean that's the the kind of truck that these. Well, we'd get into those later, but the kangaroo guys drive. It looks just like that. You're right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah, these guys are very very Australian. So, um, she goes around like trying to like interview people about, hey, do you kill kangaroos? Hey, do you kill kangaroos? Hey, do you kill? And everybody's like, you know, just walking away from her. Um, and she doesn't really get any answers. And then of course the old man shows up in town. Um, and she's like, oh, do you kill kangaroos? Like, no, I kill Razorbacks. Yeah. And he's like, and she's like, oh, why did you do that? He's like, because it makes me feel good. And what does he say? Yeah, like the, the, any day that I get to kill a Razorback is a bright day or something. Something and like there, that. There's no, season, there's no hunting season because he does it daily. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and she's like, okay, that's great. You know, but they film that. Um, so she's like, you know, trying to, to investigate to figure out what's going on. Um, the only thing that she knows to do at this point is like, okay, I guess I have to go to this pet food cannery because nobody wants to talk to me. Right. So she goes to this pet food cannery and there's like the, the two of the probably most <laughs> Australian stereotypical like hill folk people. I mean, they're like on another tier um, are running this cannery. Uh, uh, what appears to be by themselves yes. is no one else is ever there or seen. And this thing is like, I don't even know how this thing runs. It looks like it's like it's just a shack in the middle of the desert. It's a shack with kangaroos being hung up and put into a polarizer. Essentially, Right. That- yeah. It's like, yeah, there's nothing but like, <laughs> you know, carcasses and blood, but like all the windows are broken. There's like gaps in the walls. I mean, it is like, it is a terrifying place. <laughs> Again, like yeah. this is like again, Mad Max is like barely a step down from where the, this land already is. So it's like I can, I guess, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't didn't fall as hard as it used to. They're just they're just a day away from Mad Max, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, one one time they go to town and and the store isn't open and they turn into Mad Max. It's like yeah. that close. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so she breaks out her camera because the camera guy wouldn't go with her. He wanted to stay back at the bar. So he's having a good old time telling stories at the bar. Um, and she goes to this cannery with the camera and she's like filming through the window, um, them chopping up kangaroo carcasses to like, you know, throw in their thing. Um, they see her, uh, they try to grab the camera. She runs away. He grabs the, uh, what do you call that thing at the end of it? Like the lens flare thing. Yeah. He rips it off. And the very next scene, it is back on the camera again. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she jumps back in her, like, I don't know, Toyota Corolla or whatever that thing is. It's like, I don't know. It, it's a tiny little compact junk car. Yeah. Um, she jumps in that and she's heading back to town, I guess. And they jump in their previously described Jeepers Creepers <laughs> Outlook truck i mean it, it's it's terrifying it looking jumps things like it is yes the dukes of hazard <laughs> right yeah they're flying this thing is flying all over it's just like like i said the jeepers creepers yeah. truck where it was like can accelerate to like super fast speeds and do all these jumps and stuff 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're doing all that. They're basically they run her off the road. Yeah. Um, and she runs into like they, she hits a, like a tree. Um, and she survives and she gets out and then they are essentially what we're seeing is like pre-rape scene, which is again, I was like, oh, I hope this movie doesn't go in this direction. Their brothers, I don't, brothers like, watch me do her. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. I don't I'm not prepared for another spit on your grave. Like you have to be in the right mindset for that. I'm not I, I'm watching Razorback. I don't want to watch that. Um so, uh, luckily, you know, he does get his belt buckle off, but that's about as far as we get before uh, the aforementioned Razorback shows up. Um, so the brothers just kind of go, well, the, the Razorback hits their truck and they go, yeah, we're out. So they jump in the truck and they leave. Um, and then the Razorback attacks, uh, what was her, her name was Beth, right? Sure, I don't even remember. I think her name was was Beth Winters. I think was her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're um, right. um, so yeah, so it it's basically attacks and kills her, or we don't actually see her death, but it it appears that this thing attacks her, and there's blood and not good things happening. Yeah. Um, and so then basically we cut to um, you know, undetermined amount of time later, where her husband shows up. James, right. Carl. Carl Winters. Right. <laughs> Carl Winters' name. I think he, he uses a fake name at first. Yes. And that's, I think, what did you use? James? I think that's yeah. the fake name that he uses. Yeah. Um. So he comes in pretending to just be like a, what was it? He said he was looking for an opal mine or something. Something, something goofy. Like um. So, yeah, he goes and talks to the old man um, because the old man was on some footage that the camera guy had filmed. Right. So he goes to talk to him, and he just says, yeah, go check out the Pet Bag Place, which is the name of the, the, the cannery, yes. the food cannery. Which so is, he, like, written on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> right, yeah. Red rum style. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, with backwards letters and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. The, like again, these hill folk dudes are are playing it hard into the into the rural outback Australian stereotype. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so he goes out there, but he convinces them that they're, like, buddies. Like, he's there to, like, learn from them and, and to hire them as a guide because he wants to, like, do opal mining. I don't know why he thinks they would be good at that. But um, so he goes out there and they, like, become buddies. You want um, some of my moonshine? <laughs> yeah. So, like, they goes back to, like, their house. I use that in, in quotes because it's basically they live in, like, a cave. Um. Yeah, and it's it just just dirty garbage. There's like carp corpses of things all over the yep. place. And it's, I mean, it's a terrifying place. And for some reason, this guy's like, Oh, I just want to take a shower and take a nap. I'm like, okay. You're in the wrong place, dude. Like, yeah. I don't think these guys know how to shower, but anyway, so he does take <laughs> a nap and then they wake him up at, you know, undetermined it's amount night. of time later. Yeah. It's nighttime now. And they're like, Oh, come on. It's time to go get some kangaroos. So they all jump in the truck and they're like trying to teach him to like, oh yeah, you see a kangaroo, just hold the spotlight on it. We'll shoot it. Yep. You know, and then later on I'll have you drive so we can both shoot him. <laughs> like, and he's like, okay, great. And so, you know, they're out there. Um, they spot a kangaroo. The guy shoots it. Um, the kangaroo is not all the way dead. And he like sees it dying and then throws up. And he throws up all over the other guy. Um, oh yeah, I guess I should mention their names. The the two Hillfolk guys are Benny and Dicko. And they're, I'm pretty sure they're brothers. Yeah, they are brothers. They're, I, don't, I forgot their last name, but they're Benny and Dicko. And they both have such unique laughter. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I think Benny goes like, hey, 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 yeah. hey. I don't, yeah, Dicko is like like a psychotic laugh. It just sounds like sounds like that kind of laugh you'd hear in an insane asylum. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so like he he grabs the 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 the, the cleaver and he goes out there and like finishes off the kangaroo and he's like, oh, we could have left it dying to make it fresher when we get back to the place. And so they get all upset, like, oh, you're going to ruin all our kills. So you just stay out here. We're going to go out, right, kangaroo hunt, and we'll come back and get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll be back in, I think they say, six hours or something like that. And they're right. like, don't don't wander away because you'll get lost and we won't find you. So he just, like, grabs a blanket and just, like, sits down next to this dead kangaroo and, like, lays on it like a pillow. <laughs> um, and then he wakes up. Uh, again, hearing like you know pig noises, you know raise razorback noises. Yeah. Uh, when he's chased, out he runs and runs, and he gets to like a windmill. He climbs up the windmill and like ties himself to the windmill. Um, and he sees all these like boars and hears them, but he can't see clearly because it's nighttime. Um, and then he wakes up in the morning, and there's yeah a whole bunch of boars and and razorbacks, but they're just like normal sized. <laughs> Yeah, but still dangerous, obviously. Um, so eventually, uh, they do knock down the windmill, and he falls in the water. And apparently, they can't swim. Yeah. Um. So he's like, "Ha ha! You can't get me!" And so they all kind of run away. And then he gets scared by what is it like a a head or something was floating in the water? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So yeah, he gets out and and he then he just starts like walking through the desert because obviously the guys never came back to get him. <laughs> Um, so he's like walking through the desert and he, you know, the typical desert, like you pass out and then somebody finds you and brings you back to their house to bring you back to health. Right. Ooh, it's a lady. Yeah. So it's a lady. <laughs> um, they briefly, very briefly showed her earlier in the movie. Like she was in the passenger seat of the old man when he was saying, oh, the only good Razorbacks are dead Razorback or whatever the hell he said. Yeah. Um, she was very much in there. And she is uh, actually she is the one from uh, Mad Max 2. Oh, it's her? Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen Mad Max 2, she played um, the gyro captain who is, you know, the guy that had the little helicopter. Yeah. The girl that he was trying to convince to go to leave with him, the little, the blonde girl. Yeah. That's her. Okay. Um. So anyway, so she's, you know, he wakes up and, you know, he's being taken care of in her house and, you know, she like is nice, right? Which he's not used to. <laughs> having been exposed to Dicko and Benny. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they, they kind of like, you know, they start getting along, you know, they're kind of sort of, you know, like, I guess friendship relationship, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, he sees her taking a shower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he creepily, like, just walks <laughs> up behind her, like, uh, whatever. Um, and uh, there's an interesting story I read about the movie um, <laughs> that, that I thought was interesting enough to bring up anyway uh she was you know in the script the, that nude scene was in the script it's just a topless scene but it was in the script and she was like i don't i'm not comfortable doing that i don't want to do that so like okay fine we'll get a body double in um and so the the director basically played a trick on her saying like oh yeah uh the body double i had her come in uh you know we took a look at her body and everything's okay um but you know there's some some things that are that are not great but it, it should be fine it should be fine and she's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he's like, well, uh, you know, there's like a, a, like a cellulite problem, like around the hips. Uh, but yeah, that's OK. And she's like, well, I don't want people thinking I have a cellulite problem. Right. Yeah. So then she decided to do the scene herself <laughs> because <laughs> the director kind of like 
negged her into doing it, which is ridiculous. But I guess it's the 80s, right? Yeah. So that was her doing the scene, even though originally she in her original contract, she was not going to do that. It was supposed to be a body double. Anyway, for the whole like, you know, half a second that you see anything. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, they become like buddies, uh, you know, but he still hasn't found his wife and she's the first person he tells his real name and what he's really doing there. Um, and so she's like, okay, well, you know, you have to, you know, go talk to the old man, but you know, we have to go talk to him together. And then, so they, they go talk to him together and then they find out, oh, uh, you know, Somehow the Razorback is involved. He tells him that he saw, well, I guess I left that out. He saw the huge Razorback, like, leading the the little army of little pigs that was chasing right. him earlier. Um, so when she when he tells her that, she's like, well, I, we have to go tell him. So they go tell him. Um, I'm trying to think, like, at this point, I think he's basically just gives up that she's dead, right? And he wants to go home. Yeah. So, yeah, like they tell him what's going on um, and then he's just decides to go home. So she, once he comes back to health, like she drops him off at the bus stop and he's just going to leave. Well, it's it's because, well, she was well, the old man fell into like the the pit of bodies and found the wedding ring and gave it back. And that's what made him realize to go back. Right. The right. old man finds the wedding ring. Right, I remember that. I just thought, like, when did when did that? Well, I guess she. I think I think she told the old man while he was still recovering, and right. the old man went out looking, and that's when he was looking. Yeah, okay. And then he and found had, the ring and brought it back to him. And she has tracking devices, and that um, didn't, was it him? Someone talked about them that someone autopsied them and found ulcers in the stomach, so they're they are really stressed out. The Razorbacks are right, right. So, but anyway, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, he gets the ring. He figures out that his wife is dead, and he just wants to leave. Yep. So he's going to leave, and then, uh, the, you know, the girl is basically going to go go back to the old man, and they're going to try to fight the Razorback on their own because he well, he's like out, like she's dead. I don't care. I'm, I just want to go home. Um, and then at this point, Benny and Dicko re-enter. Um, and attack the old man. And I'm trying, like, I didn't understand what was happening at the time. <laughs> and thinking back at it, I don't know why it's happening either. Um, they go and attack him and basically, like, break his legs. Um, oh, cause, cause they because they were, af- they were afraid of him telling the police. Because they overheard, they were at the bar, they were overheard over the radio that he found it. And they thought, oh, shit, we're getting in trouble for killing her. And they were afraid that the old man's going to tell that they were involved in her death. I right. Which, again, which just a big stretch for me. Like, yeah. why would they care? And why would they care enough to go attack an old man who's lived in their neighborhood? Like, he knows what they're doing. Right. If he was going to say something, he would have said something by now. And I'm pretty sure they would have understood that. I think it was just a reason to bring them back into the story. Right. Um, but anyway, so they go and attack the old man. They break his legs. Um, and then, you know, he wakes up in the morning and he like tells his dad to go get Sarah, who's the, the girl that nursed him back to health. So the dog is running to go get Sarah and then Benny and Dicko see the dog running along the side of the road and then run the dog over. 
showing that they're horrible, horrible people. Well, I mean, if you haven't figured it out by now, yes, that is yes. that will solidify it for you. So when Sarah is driving back to the old man's house, he she sees the dead dog. She realizes something is very wrong. She goes back to his place. He's not there. He has crawled through all the pig excrement and pond to get back to the the pump house for some reason. I don't know what he was trying to do. Um, and, and then the Razorback shows up, and, right? Like gores him, <laughs> right? Yeah, Razorback shows up and and kills him. Um, so it then, goes through it goes through the welded steel like it's butter, right? Yeah. So then she goes back to Carl, saying like, "Hey, we found the dead dog. I can't find the old man. You got to help me." And so he's like, "Okay, fine." So then well, they I mean, go. In, in fairness, he was left by the ambiguous bus stop sign in the middle of the desert that yeah, it was come today or not. Yeah, it was like literally like a spray painted like I don't even know like paint can like yeah. on a hole. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Um so yeah so they go back, they find the old man's dead body. And at that point they're like, okay, well we have to do something. Um and then she just kind of like stays behind. <laughs> well and he like, sees he sees some marks in the ground because one of the guy the the cleaver throws his cleaver into the ground to make those marks. He saw those marks at by the dead by the old man's body. Right. So he realized they were there. Which so yeah, they, which they weren't. Well, we didn't see them there. Like right. I don't know why they needed to show them there. I don't know. <laughs> Again, like I said the the end of this is like it's get, it gets very confusing like why I understand they want Benny and Dicko to like get their comeuppance. I understand that. They're jerks. <laughs> yes, they yeah. do deserve to die. But like the ending, like forced confrontation just feels very forced and just weirdly off. Like that, that could have been done a lot better. Anyway, what, whatever. Um, so yeah, so he figures out, okay, they were there. Uh, I need to go stop them. So that means I have to go back to their cannery, right? Cause that's where right. they are. So the he goes, yeah. So he goes, he goes to the cannery. There's like, you know, he's fighting the two of them until, of course, the Razorback shows up, and then it's like a showdown. Um, of course, the two brothers end up getting killed by the Razorback. Well, no, one, he drops one into the pit. He's trying to escape from him. He's, like, on the shitter uh-huh. and chasing him while he has his drawers down, and he's trying to escape through a winch, oh. and he stops the winch and then drops him fully into the pit to his death. Well, that, yeah, that's a, okay, because, yeah, for the only time that they separate is, I guess, when they shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, like, he caught the one while he was shitting, and so then, yeah, he dropped him into a mine shaft, but he told him where the other brother was, and he was at the cannery. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that's why he went to the cannery. So then, yeah, they go to the cannery, they have, like, a showdown, and then the, the boar shows up, and the boar kills Dicko. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's, yeah, like, a showdown where, of course, Sarah shows up, um, and he has to, like, kind of sort of protect her which he doesn't she just like runs into a building and then she's like then it's just a showdown between him and the boar and she doesn't show up until after well she seems to be killed it's implied that she's dead right or the that the razorback right but like and again i was just i had to like rewatch it a couple times like what the hell what is happening because like (laughs) he jumps on this like uh conveyor belt and then the the boar is coming at him on the conveyor belt and then all of a sudden, the perspective shifts, and yes. the boar is now on the other side of him, and then he's on this side, and then the boar gets pushed into the conveyor belt. But they don't even show the boar going into the conveyor belt. They just show the boar already in the slicer. 
Yeah, he's he's being pulverized. Right. But yeah, they don't show how he yeah, the got in there or what happened to make them shift places and then the board go backwards. <laughs> they don't show right. that at all. It's very again, I had to watch it a couple of times like I don't know what is happening here. Um but then yeah, so the board dies um and then he's just kind of like, you know, doing the Charlie Brown sad walk through the warehouse and then Sarah just drops from the ceiling, like tied up in chains. Right. Somehow the boar attacked her, tied her up in the chain. <laughs> right. The right. The thing I was like, okay, how could this have happened? I'm like, okay, maybe if the boar chased her and then like, you know, stuck his head under her and like knocked her up, maybe she like flew up and got stuck in the chains. I don't know. That was all I could come up with. I don't know how that would have happened otherwise. Um, but yeah, so she like falls from the chains and he like pulls her from the chains, but he thinks she's dead until like at the very end, she opens her eyes and it's like, oh, it's so happy. And, and then, that, and that, yeah, then that's the end of the movie. Done. Yes. Uh, so I, what were your first thoughts? I know this was from our list of movies that you, this was on your list of movies to watch mm-hmm. because of In Search of Darkness. So right. What were your first thoughts on this? Um, it's again, bizarrely overly Australian. I mean, like, yes, it is like, again, if it wasn't made by Australians, I would say it's offensive to Australians. Like, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but it's not um, it's not overall bad. Like I said, at the end, it got really confusing to what was going on. I think there was like a lot of cuts made or something. Because, again, I feel like there's a lot of stuff missing and a lot of stuff that was just like forced and rushed. Like right. there's very loose excuses as to why things are happening or why things are going different places. Um, again, like the boar attacks the old man. What? Why would they be there? And why would it matter that they were there? It's very obvious that the boar killed the guy. Are they somehow trying to insinuate that they control the boar in some way, which they don't. They never insinuate that, that they do. My- that would be my thought is that there was no boar at one point. It was just them. I mean, again, humans, right? It just, it feels like there was a lot <laughs> missing here. Like it felt like there was like different sections, like chopped together. And they, I mean, it, it's, it's a fun overall. It's a fun movie. I'm not saying it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, there's very loose reasons why things happen. I guess I watch. Uh, we we yeah. watch a lot of movies, so I guess I get critical of things sometimes. But if I have to rewind it to re-listen to what they say several times, not because I can't understand them. I can understand them fine. It's that I don't understand how they go from A to B. <laughs> like, right. like, how did, what? Why did why, why are you going there? Like, what is happening? There's a, yeah. there's a lot of scenes like that towards the end of this, and it's just like, I don't get what's going on. But yeah, I think at some point in time, Benny and Dicko were like not. They were saying it was a Razorback, or maybe they're like inside of a Razorback costume or something. I don't, I don't know, but I right. think it was something like that to where they were doing all the killing and then blaming it on Razorbacks, which yes. would make a lot more sense as a movie. Yes. And then at some point, they just made it into a you know Australian Jaws Mad Max ripoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, uh, to that point, yeah, that that was my first thought too. Like, it was—it's not a bad movie. Um, it was just as you it, you really point out is if it wasn't filmed in Australia, you'd think this is very offensive. Like, <laughs> right. these are these are Mad Max meets Jaws, but without that, it, it is really what it is. Like, you know, the near rape scene, the just hooting, hollering, good old boys of the outback. 
and it would have made more sense if there wasn't actually a razorback because we really don't see it ever. Right, but like, and and rea- <laughs> realistically, the way that the movie rolls through is that Benny and Dicko should have been out of the movie at the point that the ring was found. Yeah, and they found out that a razorback really did kill his wife. You know, yeah, they're doing things, killing kangaroos to make pet food, but that's not technically illegal, right? They're right. just crappy people. But at that point, they don't need to be involved. They they were they can't blame him for her death because obviously they found her ring in a pile of you know boar poop, right? So like right. obviously the boar ate her. So it's yeah, there's no point for them to be involved at that point. And then I like I said that next scene where they go and attack the old man feels very very forced. Like why would they do that? Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just it's just strange. It's just just strange how they chopped it together. Right. Um so what were your what are your highlights for this though? Um my highlights again, I I complained about it a lot, but I really like the Australian portrayal of these people. Again, yeah, but it's made by Australians, so I guess you can't be upset that they're like, you know, portraying them this way because they're doing it to themselves right yeah. um that would be like i mean i guess worst case it would be like you know uh people from the u.s making fun of like southern folks right right <laughs> or something like that but i guess that's more acceptable than like you know being overtly <laughs> you know uh, mean or, or classist or whatever whatever you want to call it uh culture superiority in some way or other. um <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I, I really just think it's interesting again it was that that Seeing this kind of stuff is like, and realizing that Mad Max is just kind of like a half step down for them. So we're like, for like us, uh, you know, in a, you know, in our current society, it would take multiple steps down to get to Mad Max level around here. Right. But like out there, it really isn't as big of a shift as I assumed it was. <laughs> seeing this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, it may be stereotypical. I just thought it was very interesting to see that kind of portrayed, not in a, you know, dystopian, you know, hellscape, but in a, just a standard regular kind of, you know, outback depiction. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on your, on your highlights. It, it is that, part and you're just going huh um yeah those are i don't think the acting was bad in any way shape or form either though i think it was strong acting um i'm just looking this up right now that the director of photography was hired because of what he did in mad max too so if that's any barons i'm not not surprised at all (laughs) i'm i'm again i was more surprised that there's like one person from mad max because mad max was like what two years before this movie right which was the last big australian movie well that i know of. i'm sure there was a lot more in between but i just don't know of them yeah so i mean yeah definitely i agree with you in the highlights um what about your what about your your low points though um, I mean, we, we touched on it already. Yeah, low points is just like, yeah, that, that kind of hack job they did with forcing scenes to happen that really probably should not have happened. I mean, they're just kind of like, I don't understand where they were going with a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, that and I would say like the the boar effects are pretty weak. 
Yeah. I mean, they don't. They only show it like a, a few now, times. Now in tusks. Yeah, and like they they show it like standing still at a distance. And then, like, yeah, it's, like, snout and tusks and, like, loud noises, but, like, they never show it, like, directly doing anything. Correct. And, and, than, and yeah. somehow it moves as fast as a freight train and can blow holes in houses and then light things on fire. Somehow. Yeah, it was stupid strong. <laughs> right. well, oh, sorry, we forgot to mention, it rips off half of a guy's house by being chained. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, what in the what is going on? Yeah, and when that scene like, was happening, I was watching like, TV. Well, I was like, as a scene was, like a corner of his house is ripped off. Right. I was like watching it. I'm like, okay, how long is this television cord? It's still on. It was like a yeah. hundred feet away from the house, and the TV is still on. I'm like, how long is the cord? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's my low point. Is just the the like, I, I don't think a a Razorback that big would be able to do that kind of damage. Period. Right. Well, so that why that's why it made it seem like as a human, like it seemed like a machine that the brothers would have rigged up to do all this mayhem. That would make more sense. Right. Something. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I was like looking up razorbacks. Razorbacks are dangerous. Um, they they yeah. do kill people. But I mean, we're talking like, uh, not a lot. I mean, I think that they they say they're actually more dangerous in the U.S. than they are in Australia. Right. Um, and I think there's been a grand total of like five people that have been killed. Like in the history <laughs> of Razorbacks, there's been like five people that have been killed by like wild pigs. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, technically dangerous, but I mean, yeah, we're talking way, way less than, you know, sharks or bears or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess for a Australian animal in the outback, this is probably the biggest thing out there you have to be worried. Well, yeah, most of their stuff is just poisonous. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, so how many latrines out of 10 would you give this movie? Knowing this was on your list of things to watch before the podcast. Um, I mean, it is an interesting watch. It yeah. is. There is a lot of interesting things happening. It does lose its focus quite a bit towards the end, but it really doesn't take away from the charm of it. So I'm going to say uh, six. I'll give it six, six? six latrines out of ten. So a, a, a solid rum and coke or beer, and you can watch this again. Sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm also going to a six. Six latrines out of ten. It was... I don't know what I was expecting. Honestly. <laughs> I was expecting an Australian pig jaws. Yeah, and it's a little bit more than that, but yeah, it's essentially what it is. Yeah, it, it was definitely hill folk meets jaws meets Australia. Right. <laughs> meets Mad Max. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. So for this last one, Cocaine Bear, we'll, we'll tag team this up uh, together. Um, and this is your last spoiler warning. So if you've not seen Cocaine Bear, make sure to watch the movie and then come back to this part of the episode. Make sure and you drink use... before you watch it. That too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's it's an interesting movie to say the least. Right. Also, I think it's Ray Liotta's last movie. 
officially, I believe. Uh, I mean, it's very possible. I mean, he died, what, a year ago? Yeah. You know, so this is dedicated to him. Um, so we'll just kick it off the bat. that This is based off of a real event that happened in, in Kentucky in or Tennessee, right? Tennessee in uh, 1985. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the real story is they found a bear dead that had died from a cocaine overdose from eating yes. cocaine that it had found in the woods. Yes, I believe That's it actually the story. was from, I believe it actually was from a cocaine drop. Though. No, yeah, it was. That part is <laughs> true. Yeah, like people yes. threw yeah, the guy in the plane was afraid that they were going to get busted. So he started throwing cocaine out of the plane and it landed in the woods and a bear found some cocaine, ate a whole bunch of it and died. Yes. And then they found the dead body and found that it was covered in cocaine so they realized that it died of an overdose and then the, the ongoing joke was like you know for the you know 15 minutes it took for that bear to die he was like the apex predator of the planet <laughs> was was the life. joke right it was the joke yeah. and i this movie was essentially made on that joke right what if he didn't die <laughs> well yeah he was having the cocaine coked out experience of his life yeah right sure well I, also i mean I, yeah I, I i mean i don't know I, I'll, I'll i guess i'll wait i'll wait till the movie is over to start complaining but <laughs> so yes so essentially that's what happens we it's the movie starts off uh, and the guy is throwing the cocaine out at drop points and then he's taking the last brick and he's just gonna crash the plane right he was had an autopilot he hits his head and clearly does not deploy his shoots. Um, so essentially what happens is he's found in, uh, I think, Knoxville or something local. His body's found. Uh, or there's... Uh, uh, is, that, is that part first or are the, the campers, the like Swedish campers first? The Swedish campers are... <laughs> well, the, it shows the plain part. Yes. And then it goes to the camp. Yeah, I, I, I think Swedish, right? Scandinavian of something. Well, yeah, it feels like Tormund is Norwegian, I think. Yeah, but yeah, Scandinavian for sure. Not not people from Tennessee. I can tell you that much. That's for correct. Fact. That's correct. <laughs> um, so they're they're talking about they're she's like what pregnant or if they if they have if they're gonna have a kid, what their name like Texas was a name or. Yeah, they wanted to like name that. the boy Texas, and I don't, I don't know what the girl was. Yeah. Going to be. Anyway, anyway, yeah. it was just banter. If they get married, blah blah blah. They're they're there, like they're going around the world, doing all these like nature trails and stuff like that. It seems like. Uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, and then like, oh look, a bear. Let's take pictures of it. Oh, what's it doing? It's staring right at us. It's like head banging a tree. <laughs> Coked out of its mind and sees them, and then essentially, uh, you know, they start like, "Oh, if it's brown, stand your ground. If it's black, run like heck, or something like that." If it's black, fight back. If back, it's brown, if it's lay brown, down. There you go. Um, and what do they do? Like, it's a black bear. Run. <laughs> well, yeah, neither one of those things is run, so they took option three. Right. Um. 
so yeah, they're running away. The coked out bear is chasing them. Um, Scandinavian guy, Norwegian guy falls down. His girlfriend gets mauled and ripped apart. Um, does he? He doesn't know, right? No. Yeah, and, and he like you know tries to like sort of help her and fails, and then she gets killed, and then we see her leg fly and land in front of him, showing that she has indeed died. Yes, and I think then we get cocaine bear. Yeah, and then um, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be probably easier just to describe the groups of people involved because it cuts mm. around a lot, and it's yeah. going to be very confusing. Just explain the groups of people that are involved, and then what happens to them. Um, so essentially, okay, Ray Liotta plays the drug dealer, or I guess drug trafficker, who was basically responsible for all that cocaine. So all that cocaine that is lost is him losing money. And if he doesn't get that stuff back, he's going to have to answer to the Colombians who are going to kill him and his whole family. Um, So he sends his best guy, who is David, I think his name was. David and his... And and then he, he he told David to go get his son. And his son is all broken up because his son's wife, Ted, just died recently. Yeah. Um, and so he has to, so David has to go to this bar and like convince him to, to leave with him. And he does, but the guy's obviously all broken up about it. So that's the, the one group is David and the Ray Liotta's son are, are going out there to the woods to find the cocaine. Um, two, we have, um, Carrie Russell. I don't know her character's name. She's the nurse, the mom. Uh, Sari, Sarah, sure, um, something like that. Yeah. So her daughter Dee Dee and then her daughter's best friend Henry um, decide to skip school and go to paint a waterfall in the forest. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they, you know, mom packs her lunch and everything because she's working a night shift as a nurse. Um. So she's basically just goes on her own. Um. So her. Dee Dee and Henry go in the woods to go find this waterfall. Um, Mom comes home later, um, you know, goes to lay down finally after a long night shift. The school calls her saying that Dee Dee never showed up to school. Her friend Henry also didn't show up. She calls other round. She finds out she's not there. She basically she finds evidence that she was going to the waterfall. I think she finds a map with the waterfall circled or something. So she decides to go to the forest to find them, which is why she is there. Um, then we have um, the park ranger lady um, who is meeting with uh, the like animal rights guy. I don't know who that wildlife activist, Peter. right? Wildlife yeah. lover, observer. I don't know what his uh, job function was, but he was there to look after the animals. And she like has the hots for him, so she was like all planned their walk through the woods, like trying to like make something happen there. Um, and so they're going to go off into the woods and they meet up with, um, they meet up with Carrie Russell. Yeah. She, she goes there and then she's like, Hey, I'm looking for my kids. And then, so they basically tag along and they go out there. We get slightly introduced to like this kind of methed out skinny kid. Um, on the trio, the trio of people. Yeah. Yeah. The do champs. I think they are called or something like that, but we get introduced them a little bit. Because, you know, when that the animal activist guy shows up, the guy is, like, in the ranger station, like, buying candy or whatever. 
Um, and then he ends up going back to his friend group. Who's like three, basically like, you know, ne'er to wells that hang out in this national forest, uh, which is in Georgia. It's a Chattahoochee yeah. forest, which we can essentially, they were a lesser version of the British kids. in Italy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they, they go off, they end up. So, um, David and uh, Ray Liotta's son. Um, I'm just going to call him Han. <laughs> well, we, you, there's one more group. Well, yeah, I mean, you, I've, you have the detect, you have the detect, the detective and his partner. Well, it's just the detective. The partner doesn't show up until way later. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the detective. He's from um, Missouri, where um, Ray Liotta is stationed. Or like his base is in Missouri, and yeah. so yeah, the detective somehow deduces that this is Ray Liotta's cocaine, so he's going to go out into the woods to find this stuff to find something to bust him with. So he goes out there. He leaves his dog in the care of his deputy. Um, I forgot her name. Reba, I think was her name. Something like that. Um, yeah. So he leaves the dog with her, and then he goes off um, to deal with that. Um, so. At that point, um, yeah, David and Han Solo get to the <laughs> ranger station. Um, and David goes to the bathroom, and the the, the champs, the, the three meth head kids, try to jump him in the bathroom. Yes. Um, and they are, and he beats the crap out of all of them. He's a big guy yeah. compared to them. Well, he's also like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that's his life. And all and they it, have is a switchblade. Yeah. Well, it was a yeah, it was a butterfly knife, right? Yeah. So they're like, the, he does end up getting stabbed in the back, but he does <laughs> knock them all out. Um. So essentially, he ties up two of them and leaves them behind, and then he kind of chooses one to like interrogate to find out, you know, what is you know what's going on because he finds a uh, one of the packages of cocaine on them. So he knows that they found some, and he's like, where did you find this? Where's the rest of it? And so he, you know, basically threatens him and interrogates him, and he's like, okay, it's it's in this gazebo in the woods. Like, follow me, and I'll bring you there. So, like, him and David and Han Solo all go into the woods to look for this stuff. Um, The two other guys end up staying back at the cabin. Um, So Dee Dee and Henry go into the woods to go look for this whatever waterfall. Um, they find a brick of cocaine in the woods and they bizarrely try eating it to try to like show each other that they're cool and can do drugs. How much do you think? About a tablespoon? Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, I'm going to hold back <laughs> some of this stuff for the end because I don't want to keep ranting about it all the time. So, yeah, they do that. And then, of course, when they're doing that, the bear is attracted to the cocaine. Yep. Um, so the bear essentially comes in and attacks them. And then, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth, but essentially we're, we cut away. So we don't find out what happens to them. Um, so then park ranger lady, uh, animal activist guy, Carrie Russell all show up to that same place. Um, and they look around and they find, you know, you know, some of their stuff laying around. They're like, Oh, yeah. they were here. They were here. And so Carrie Russell's calling out and they find out that Henry is like all the way up in this tree, like hiding from the bear. 
Yeah. Um, so like, hey, what are you doing there? He's, you know, and he tells him about the bear attack and all that. Um, and then the bear shows back up. <laughs> um, the park ranger lady tries shooting the bear uh, and misses, but it gets like a big, huge, like chunk bitten out of her ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she basically leaves. I mean, the bear tries to go after Henry up in the tree. Um, and then the animal activist guy had crawled on the ground and got covered in cocaine and he climbed up another tree. So then the bear sniffed the cocaine. So he jumped from the tree with the kid to the tree with him and kills him in the tree. to like to get to the cocaine. Well, I, like the lion spoke to the bears can't climb tree actors. Yes, they can. Then yeah. why are you up here? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so he gets, he gets killed by the bear. Um, Carrie Russell gets Henry down and they go off to where he heard DD go later you know because well, well, the bear dragged her off right yeah, yeah. so yeah, they're basically going to follow her um and then the park ranger lady ran back to the ranger station yep um so she gets back to the ranger station and meets the two other dudes who were there um they called an ambulance for themselves because they were obviously injured from the dude beating the crap out of them yeah. um but she thinks they're talking about the bear and they think she's talking about the guy who beat them up Right. Um, so anyway, so she, she basically kind of deduces that they are the do champs, the people that she's been like, you know, trying to get rid of because they're robbing tourists. Right. Um, and anyway, and then so somebody comes to the door and she thinks it's the bear and they think it's the guy. But anyway, so they open up the door. It's the bear. Um, and she goes to shoot the bear and shoots the one guy in the head. <laughs> oh, blows his head. Yes. Yeah. So he, he just gets destroyed. Um, and then they close the door again. Um, and then it just, well, it, it, he closes the door again. He's holding it closed. And we see the bear's head, bear's hand come in through the window of the door and then essentially like attack the skinnier dude's head. Yeah. And then it cuts away. <laughs> um, and I will come back to that. And then it goes to um, yeah, David and Han Solo and the other kid that's going with them. They end up getting to the gazebo um, and they, the kid goes, oh, the, the drugs aren't here. I don't know where they are. And they basically the detective guy is on the roof of the gazebo with the bag of drugs, but he has a gun. And so there's like a standoff between them. Um, David at first drops his gun and then later on tries to pick up his gun again when the cop can't figure out how to get down. Um, <laughs> and then he goes to pick up his gun and he gets shot in the hand and he loses two fingers. Yeah. Is his middle finger and his pinky finger. Yes. Um, Han Solo is like, can I pick up my friend's fingers? <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah, they're like having like a weird standoff. So like he, he ended up picking up his gun and then he goes under the gazebo. So the other guy doesn't know where they are and they're like, have a weird standoff anyway. So then the bear shows up. Um, and everybody's scared of the bear it's kind of getting away from the bear, but it looks like the bear is like coming down. Yeah. So the bear essentially like goes, goes on top of Han Solo and then literally collapses on top of him. Yes. Um, and so they're like, take a long time to figure out what they're going to do. <laughs> um, and eventually, uh, I think what, what, where, where does the cocaine come from? For the next part? No, th at this part, something happens to wake it up where it smells the cocaine. Do they? Does he drop one or something? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I think one. so. Whatever the event is, something happens to where one of the things of cocaine opens, and because this thing 
opens, the bear smells it, and then wakes up, wakes yeah. up and then basically goes back into, you know, crazy cocaine bear mode. <laughs> um, But they end up, and then the detective is going to shoot them, and then the detective ends up getting shot. By Ray Liotta. By Ray Liotta, who now shows up uh, right. in, in the story. Um, so the bear goes away, um, but the, the cop essentially dies. They don't, I mean, he never reappears, so I'm assuming he's dead. Yes. We also find, is this, do, is this where we find out about his partner, or no, is that later on? Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was at this point. When he's laying on the roof and dying. Yeah. And bleeding, yeah. and she shows up, and he's like, "Oh, now you, now she's got you." Now she's like, "He's like, call backup, get these guys all arrested," and then she just kind of puts her gun away, and that's when we find out that she's on the payroll of Ray Liotta, right? And that they came together. I'm assuming, I guess. Um, so yeah. then he dies, being upset, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, essentially, then we cut to um, back yeah, at the ranger cabin. <laughs> Um, the ambulance finally shows up. Um, they, they can't open up the door uh, because the the guy's body's in front of the door. Uh, they finally push it open. They find park ranger lady who's like severely injured and can't really talk. Uh, she's like trying to say something and they can't understand what she's saying while the other guy's looking through the the station. And he opens up the door and he sees the other kid's head in a bucket and like his body <laughs> on the ground and the bear is all bloody coming out of the corner. And then she finally says bear. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, the bear knocks the door down on top of him, but can't get to him because he's on top of the door. So the one uh, paramedic lady straps the, the, the park ranger lady into the ambulance, gets everything moving. Um, and then he hits the bear with his medical bag. And since the medical bag is red and the other bags of cocaine were also red, the bear thinks it's a cocaine bag. So it goes after that bag. He's able to get up and get into the ambulance. And then it's driving down the street with the bear chasing it, going like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he gets on on the ambulance. Um, Park Ranger Lady tries to shoot it and she misses. Um, bear ends up jumping into the back of the ambulance park ranger lady falls out her gurney flips over and she She's essentially gets ground skidded. down yeah. to death yeah so she dies from road rash um yeah. yeah the dude gets attacked in the back of the ambulance we get to see his like hand missing <laughs> um so he's obviously not doing well um the other paramedic smashes her van into a tree and then she flies out and dies and we assume that the bear is fine because the bear shows up not long after that. Um, so then the other two groups end up kind of meeting together. So where we have Carrie Russell and Henry um, get to the, the cave that's apparently the um, yeah. home of the bear. Um, and yeah. right outside they meet the uh, Olaf, I think his name is, the, the Scandinavian guy from the very yeah. beginning of the movie. And he's still alive, but like not well mentally. Um, yep. So he shows them where the cave is, um, and then he does he go inside? I don't think he goes inside. Well, he no, he leads them to the the hiding place, and they find out that it's not a male; it's a mother, two cubs. He leaves and is immediately killed by. Okay, yeah, we don't see him die, but we hear him screaming 
and bear yeah. attack. Yeah. Yeah. So they go inside. Uh, they find Dee Dee and then they find the bear cubs who are rolling around in cocaine. Yep. <laughs> um, so they're like, okay, we need to get out of here. So they're kind of moving through and they find out that they're like in a cave behind a waterfall. So they're trying to like move down this waterfall to like get out of this cave system. Um, and then that's when, yeah, Ray Liotta, David, Han Solo, and Deputy Reba show up. Um, and they basically get through there without seeing, well, the Cubs are following the kids, and the other, the bear was apparently gone when they got there. Um, so they're going through, they see the other people, but then they also see another bag of cocaine hanging from a tree. Um, and they're trying to get that bag, and then the bear cubs are like, getting involved well, Rayla, and, Rayla is trying to get the everyone else the david and the other guys like you know we're we're done with this this is dumb kill the cubs kill the cubs well because yeah the the, because ray liotta is like oh somebody get that bag or i'm gonna start killing kids it's like whoa yeah, <laughs> like where is this where is this coming from like again it like totally doesn't make any sense where he starts threatening everyone like, I understand you're on a time trial, dude, but, like, you have two people on your side. Like, attacking this mother and the children doesn't make any sense at all. Like, just just let them walk away. They don't even know what's happening. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's, like, bizarre. So, of course, David and Han Solo, like, you know, get up against them. Deputy Reba just leaves. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, they basically turn against Ray Liotta. They don't, like, attack him. But, uh, you know, he tries to throw his rifle to the one guy and then he just like doesn't even bother catching it. And then it goes to the mom. Right. Um, and so then, yeah, the, the, uh, David puts his gun down and then I think Ray Liotta picks it up and tries shooting at the Cubs and misses and then falls. Well, he's, yeah, he starts falling. He's getting attacked. Um, the, mo- the mom does come in. Uh, you know, everyone else jumps to safety. He shoots at the mom, misses, and he kind of falls down. Um, but he's as he's falling and trying to climb back up, the bag of cocaine explodes, and then she gets reju- rejuvenized by the cocaine snorting into her nose and climbs up the the cave edge. And um, essentially, she they disembowel him and throw him off the ledge. Ray Lilly is dead. Right. No. <laughs> Um, yes. And then the Carrie Russell and the kids, and I'm assuming the other people who survived all jump into the water below. Um, and then they get away. And there is like a scene where we see Han Solo gets the detective's little dog, um, who is supposed to replace his dead wife. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's, and that's it. Yep. And the movie. What are your first thoughts? Um, I mean, my first thoughts is one, um, this is not a horror movie (laughs) at all Two, um, I guess it kind of starts out that way. It kind of starts out as like an animal slasher movie, Mm -hmm. right? With like a little bit more dialogue and a little bit more, um, kind of comedy, comedic fun stuff put in there. But that's again, not necessarily doesn't discount it as a horror movie because a lot of horror movies have campy, cheesy jokes and stuff in them. Right. Um, but I would say probably about halfway through the movie, it takes a bizarre turn to where the cocaine bear stops being the slasher villain and like somehow becomes this like hero. Yes. 
um, which is very stupid because they're just forgetting about all the people that it just murdered earlier it in the film. A lot. Yeah, like they they <laughs> witnessed this bear just straight up murder innocent people, and then we're supposed to like give a shit about it at the end. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't get it's it's a bizarre turn. It is not earned at all. I don't understand what the hell they were thinking at that point. I'm like, it feels like two different scripts, like, hacked together. Yeah. You know, it's like, again, it was like this probably decent script of, like, a slasher, you know, bear that's, like, super powered, essentially killing people in the woods, which is not a bad idea. And then all of a sudden they were like, let's make it a hero. And, like, they couldn't make up their minds, so they just put half and half. It was... Uh, bizarre disjointed at best yeah it was it was very off-putting it was very what uh, you know the direction i thought it was i mean i understood it was going to be comedic i'm not not like i didn't expect that i expected it to be comedic i expected it to be ultra campy i expected it to be you know you know i've seen a lot of horror movies in in that similar vein um but again this the turn that it makes about halfway through the movie i'd say kind of discounts it as a horror movie (laughs) it just makes it like I don't even know, like an adventure movie or something. I don't even know what adventure it does. meets it, it, essentially almost like Goonies, right? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> bizarrely putting I mean, with drug people. Yeah, it's like it's not like they were. Yeah, it's not like they were going for a PG thirteen rating. I mean, we get f bombs. There's all kinds of gore and stuff. I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand where this movie was trying. What niche it was trying to fill. Um, again, it's just off putting. Yeah, um, I expected it to be campy as hell. I didn't think it was going to be as campy as, you know, Sharknado, but I knew it was going to be along the lines of campiness because the trailers showed campiness, but it's still going to be a slasher. And, it, and he's, as you point out, it was. Yeah. And what, and I was disappointed by the ending as well. It was, it was not about the bear anymore, really, halfway through. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's slated as a comedy horror movie. And what my guess is what happens because of the names attached to it is is written by one person and it's produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller who do the comedy and a lot of stuff. That's what they brought into the solo movie. Um, that's what they do in a lot of their stuff. You know, uh, Last Man on Earth, Lego movie. They do comedy things. So I feel like it was written as more of a horror and slasher and maybe when they were producing it that they were brought in that they put their touch on the things which I see their signature all over this movie with the story that ended up happening and the comedy part of it yeah like I said the, the first half of it yeah it had jokes it had you know goofy stuff happening and it, again it wasn't bad it was, right. you know, it was, again, I'm not a huge camp fan. I know you are, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like campiness can be fun, but most of the time it's done badly. Um, but it was actually doing well. Like it was actually doing funny. There was actually a couple of parts I actually laughed because it was funny, right? It was rare to watch a, a comedy and actually laugh at it for, well, at least for me. Um, and then like halfway through it, I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening like all of a sudden like uh, it's all of a sudden it's about the characters and not about the bear the bear is just like an incidental thing yes. you know it's just like the bear is only there as like a background plot device for like 
this Ray Liotta thing. And like, like we mentioned earlier, that Ray Liotta, the ending is so forced. Yes. I mean, like Ray Liotta even is like a, a kind of sympathetic character in the beginning because he's taking care of his son's kid. Well, his grandkid while yeah. his son is is grieving his dead wife. So, like, obviously he has some form of empathy, right? Like, he's not a, a horrible person. Yeah, he does leave the kid at home watching TV when he comes to the woods for this. But, again, you know, it's it was a funny joke. Like, well, you knew I wasn't, you know, the best guy to do this, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. But, um, but, again, like, to go from, like, that level of empathy, like, purposely bringing that plot device in to make you understand that he's not an evil person. He's just there trying to save what he, what he can. And then all of a sudden he like bizarrely just goes, I'm going to murder these kids. If you don't get that bag. What? Yeah, one <laughs> like, bag. Right. Like one, bag. what are you talking about? Like, why would you threaten children? You don't even know in front of your son and your, and your number one guy. Like, of course they're going to get the bag for you. Why do you have to threaten children to get them to do it? Yes. It was just very bizarre. It was very forced to make Ray Liotta the villain so that you could root for the cocaine bear to kill a person and feel good when it did, even though it had already murdered tons of people before that point that you can't cheer, you know, cheer for because most of those people were just innocent people. Right. And I, I, I expected bizarre. this to be I expected this to be like an updated version of Grizzly, quite honestly. Yeah. Cocaine bear. Well, I expected it to be a cheesy, campy ending you know where they have to like yeah. take on the cocaine bear or whatever like i was kind of expecting everybody else to have to do a whole bunch of cocaine to like right get, get cocaine yeah strength. yeah, yeah <laughs> like, get cocaine strength to be able to to fight the bear or whatever i was expecting something goofy campy like that and again yeah. instead of that we get this like bizarre like you know kind of you know yeah like you said goonies adventure movie at the end i was like what <laughs> the hell is happening yeah uh, it. Yeah, and, and, and I can tell you another first thought that my wife had was the opening song. She came out. She's like, "Are you watching what Hot American Summer?" <laughs> <laughs> because of the song, right? Right, right. And like that was an interesting tone <laughs> of the beginning <laughs> of the movie. But, I mean, it, it had that music, which we all know for what Hot American Summer, you know, as the theme song is always being played and then the TV shows of it. Well, it's, but I think it's, it's just a regular song. I know. That but was turned it, into that, yes. But, you know, that's that's what always goes to my mind first is what Hot American Summer, I hear it. Because that was always, it's played in my house a lot. Because you didn't so, grow up in that time period, so you only know the products true. that it got applied to you <laughs> later. Yes. I grew up um, in it. I know the song for what it is. Right. But and it, it went it went horror. It went slasher right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know. So I thought it was I, I, I thought it started strong and ended weekly. Yeah, no, that's that's what happened. It, it it essentially I can call out the exact time when it happened is that the gazebo scene. Yeah. Up until the gazebo scene, it was still leading to a campy ending to a animal slasher story with again with dialogue and camp and jokes and stuff i'm not yeah like i said i knew that stuff was going to be there and up until that point that's exactly what it was and then after the gazebo when the bear shows up and passes out on top of han solo 
it takes a turn to where you're like, oh, you care about this bear. Because, again, in that scene, the bear doesn't even kill anybody. Right. The bear just leaves after it gets cocaine. They just throw yep. another brick of cocaine in the woods, and the bear just chases it, and then it's gone. Yes. So, again, it's like at that point, like I said, I think, I think that's the, the cut where they just joined the two different versions of the script together is literally that scene. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into highlights, though. Mm-hmm. So highlights for you. Um, highlights for me is uh, there was some good performance in there that I really thought were were good. Um, I mean, like Han Solo, I, I really like him as an actor. I think it's very unfortunate that Solo did as bad as it did. Um, again, because it was a great movie. I liked it a lot. I think it just had the misfortune of coming out like less than six months after The Last Jedi, which was... You know, very divisive to say the least. Right. Um, and I think I just and, and again, I think he should have had a takeoff career at that point because he was fantastic in it. And again, he's fantastic in this, but you don't get to see him in a whole lot now because I think that was seen as a big failure. It really should not have been, but it was seen as a big failure. But anyway, yeah. it was good to see him in this, and I think he did a great job. You know, he had like a weird, bizarre, you know, kind of uh, character arc. Because he he basically went from like being sad because he has a dead wife like the whole time to like, you know, kind of, you know, sort of like, okay, I got to fight for my life, I guess. And And then, okay, my dad's a a jerk. So I guess I got to rage against him. And then, okay, I find this dog and now I can go back to my son and live my life again. Yes. But again, it was it was an interesting arc. But I think again, I like him a lot. I think he's got a lot of charisma, a lot of charm, and and it really comes across in this movie. And I liked it. Yeah, uh, uh, and to your point, I think pretty much. I mean, the names that you expect, that you know in this movie did great. I think Harry Russell did great. I think Ray Liotta did Ray Liotta. I mean, it was it was Ray. And I think that's the problem is they got Ray, and that's like that's your character, so that's going to be your character, right? No matter yeah. what, right. You know what I mean? He's never the good guy. <laughs> usually, yeah, usually not, right? Right. And you're right. You know, Aldrin Killer. You know, Aldrin did a fantastic job. I think even O'Shea Jackson Jr. did a fantastic job too. You know, I think every every I think every part of it was good. I think it was just a better grizzly for the effects and the story, the, the slasher part of the story. Right. Right that they were able to show all the stuff and definitely more gruesome. And yeah. they went, they, they went that hard. They, they went that, they tried to do that hard R. Right. And again, it, basically highlights is the film up into the gazebos <laughs> yeah. is, was done. Well, again, it's, it's campy. <laughs> it's goofy. So I mean, don't go to it expecting like a, you know, a slasher the first half. It is not that. Um, no. It's it's you know campy goofy but again it's it's your typical kind of like you know goofy not higher quality than Sharknado obviously but like you know that Very kind much. of vein <laughs> right of of campiness it's it's the movie that Sharknado was trying to be that keeps failing yes. to make it there that's what the first half of this movie is is a, is a good version of that um 
And then obviously the low, low points, points is gazebo scene and everything after it. Like it takes a hard turn into the, you know, Goonies adventure movie where it tries to make the cocaine bear into a hero and has to like force Ray Liotta to be the villain for no reason in order to do right. so. Um, it's bizarre. I mean, high point is, uh, the bear cubs eating his intestines were, were pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that scene, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, low point is just that. I mean, okay. Another major low point is I don't think anybody actually understands how cocaine works in this movie. Why is um, that? Okay. Cocaine, <laughs> when it is being shipped in large amounts like that is uh-huh. pure cocaine. Okay. The street drug that everyone does is sure as hell not street cocaine because you will fucking die if you try to snort pure fucking cocaine. It It will kill you. Yes. It has to be cut with things. (laughs) Yes. People cut it with bad shit. Yes. All the time. And so people get hurt. But like they cut it with normal shit to like spread that drug out. So that's that's what they, they, they call it stepping on it. You step on it to make it into the drug that you sell on the street. But when you're shipping it in large amounts like that, obviously you don't want to do that first because you put more weight and more mass on it. You don't want to do that. But this shit is pure cocaine. Even like the guy, like, you know, rolling around in his belly on the cocaine and he accidentally gets cocaine all over his face. He would probably fucking be dead. Like that much pure cocaine is in your system. So a bear that eats an entire brick of pure cocaine is exactly like the real life story. It would be dead in less than 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, Like the kids take big old mouthfuls of pure cocaine. They would be dead. Even even if they spit it out, it doesn't matter. Cocaine was originally developed as a topical (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, a thing. It was supposed to numb. It was supposed to be an anesthetic. It was supposed to numb yes. up the area. That's what it was originally made for. So it works on contact. So if yeah. you're putting it in your mouth, your mouth is made to absorb all that kind of shit. Those kids would be dead or at yeah. the very least require medical attention. <laughs> so, like I said, like they don't understand how cocaine works in this movie. Like I get it's just supposed to be for comedic effect, but like Jesus Christ, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's your to a point. They had to make sure that the bear survived, so it it almost it had to have been cut there. Right. And then like the bear cubs are rolling around in a bag full of cocaine. They'd yeah. be dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, well, whatever. I know I know it's a movie. I know they're just doing it for comedic effect because if you would just show the amount of cocaine it would take, it would just be a little sprinkle in that. That's not as funny as a big cloud of cocaine, I guess. But Right. But having yeah. having the children take entire mouthfuls of cocaine, I believe, is unnecessary. I mean, it, would they think that's how much they needed to take in real life? Probably. I mean, yes, as children, uh, yes. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm assuming they don't watch people do cocaine unless they're in a very bad living environment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but again, like, but what idiot kid would, oh yeah, I'm just going to take a handful of cocaine, like. What are you stupid? Well, I mean, yes, I, I but. guess, but dear God, her mom's a nurse. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, they, and in the end, you know, the, you know, essentially the spinach to Popeye was the cocaine to the bear at the end to kill Ray. Right. <sighs> and again, and yeah, and the bear survives at the end, and like is is like happily playing with its cubs. But now, as they show, other people show up 
And now the bear is extremely aggressive and violent with people, even though it doesn't have cocaine anymore. Right. Aha, that's so, a funny ending. Well, setting up the sequel. Well, but I'm saying like, <laughs> they've turned it into a, like an adventure movie, made the cocaine bear a hero, and now they're backtracking and making it a murderer again. Yep. Again, this movie is all <laughs> over the place. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Knowing that there's probably cocaine shark coming out which is also based off of a shark eating cocaine, obviously. Um, how many how many latrines out of 10 would you give this one? How 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 disjointed and insulted did the second half really make you? Um jeez, I'm trying to I'm trying to think I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if I was upset <laughs> as I was and <laughs> like how much I didn't like Grizzly for doing a lot of the same things. So I'm going to have to say a four. Four, a four, four latrines out of 10. Okay. That's fair. Um, you know, me and my camp, <laughs> uh, is, you know, 5.5. I, I I like Razorback the best. Out of these, agreed. Yeah, um, I think this is better than Grizzly in my head. So, uh, Grizzly um, again for a product of its time, but at least it was consistent. Yeah, like this this movie again. I hate when movies do that <laughs> stuff. They like they force something to happen that wasn't happening for the rest of the movie. Right. No, that's. Absolutely fair. You know, it's, it's something I will watch with the wife. She she was tired, so she didn't watch it with me. She was going to, but I'm I'll, I'll, I'm gonna watch it again, hands down. And probably after that, they'll be done. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, well, this was could be the first in a, a line of series of when animals attack. Because uh, there's a whole bunch of other oh, man yeah. versus nature. There's a lot stuff. of them. Right. Uh, maybe we'll touch back with it with uh, Cocaine Shark. We'll start doing shark movies. Hell, we should do a shark week at some point. Shark <laughs> week. There's like a hundred horror movies about sharks. Even, wow. You know, shark of the corn. Well, we could do crocodiles and then piranhas. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Alligators. Could do like an underwater year if we really wanted to. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Anything else to add to this? Nope. You ready to? All right. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for for listening and join us for a very special April first release episode. We are going to release two episodes this week, so make sure to check that out. Um, and tune in what to find out what we think are some of the most terrifying movies of all time. And remember, we watch bad movies, so you don't have to. So. This is Graveyard saying, have you checked on the children? Salem saying, long live the new flesh.